thank you to all of those uh, who have led us so faithfully into this worship experience. And as you heard uh, Pastor Mac announced earlier, we are so excited to be able to open the doors uh, to welcome you back on Sunday, February the 20th. It is next Sunday to those of you that are listening live. To those of you that are listening by way of radio, it is this Sunday. If you're listening by way of radio, which is a week delayed, it is February the 20th. And so get up, come and worship with us. Come as you are. You don't have to dress up. Uh, just come as you are and let us worship uh, together. Amen. Our uh, protocol will remain in. We will do social distance. Uh, we will uh, not delay the service. One of the good things, I think, that has come out of this whole COVID experience is that churches all over have been able to streamline their services. I am so, so proud to be able to say that we can do that without cutting back on any of the essentials that are necessary in order to have worship. What we've learned is that you don't have to sit in a building all day to feel like you have had church. So come and be a part of what the Lord is doing. We're excited about that. Thank you to our planning ministry. Thank you uh, to you. And let me just say to those of you that have been so faithful as virtual worshipers, uh, a very special thank you to you. To those of you who've continued to support the ministry, uh, although the doors have been closed uh, for safety and health reasons, thank you so very much. You mean so much. You would never know, amen, what your sacrifices have meant, what your faithfulness means to this ministry. So we're excited. We're excited about the next steps that God has taken us as it relates to this ministry. We have some exciting things that are going on that we'll share with you at the end of this service. But there's a word from the Lord today. As we continue this series that God gave us at the beginning of the year entitled Faith Matters. Faith Matters. Our theme for the year 2022 is faith, family, and community. And what we said at the beginning of the year was that as we divide the year into three parts, amen, the first third of the year, we will, we will talk about faith matters. Next part, we will talk about family matters. And then finally, community matters. But since the first Sunday in January, We've shared with you messages concerning faith from the series, Yes, Faith Does Matter. The book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6, says, And without faith, it is impossible to walk with God, to please him. For whoever comes to God must believe that God does exist and that God rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Faith matters. 
This is the seventh message in this series. Our text for today's message is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through verse 8. We will read from the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through verse 8, the New Living Translation, Faith Matters. This is the seventh message in this series. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Remember this, the Apostle Paul writes, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8 says, God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject giving by Faith. The series is entitled Faith Matters. This seventh message of the series simply says giving by faith. Listen, we, we often hear the expression living by faith. We have heard that expression a lot. We have certainly heard it this year as it has been incorporated as a part of our theme. Living by faith simply means that we live our lives trusting and believing that God is able to somehow bring us through whatever we may be going through. That is what living by faith is. In other words, it is believing that God is our way maker. Living by faith is believing that God is our provider. I would venture to tell you that I doubt if there's any genuine believer out there who does not want to live by faith. We strive every day to live by faith. However, and I need you to catch this, a major component, a major part of living by faith is something that is not always comfortable to talk about. And perhaps particularly for those of us who are ministry leaders, those of us who are pastors, and that is giving by faith. 
It is not always easy or comfortable to talk about because quite honestly, I will tell you that so many people have done a disservice to genuinely giving by faith. Yes, there are people who take advantage of people. Yes, there are people who talk about stuff that they don't even practice. And yes, there are people who misappropriate and misuse and selfishly promote giving for their own selfish good and shame on them. God will have the final say. But what I've come to realize is that it is much easier to talk about giving by faith if you truly believe it and if you yourself practice it. It is hard to promote something that you don't believe and you don't practice. So I'm here today to tell you that I try to live my life every day giving by faith. If I promote tithe, it is because I'm a tither. If I promote giving, it is because I'm a giver. They will tell you here at the church, I, I want to be the first partaker. I, I, God has said to me, and, and I don't often say this, but any special offering, even if it's from the $500 or the $7, anything God asks me to ask the congregation, my wife and I have been told to double it. And I haven't often said that. It is because God says, you've got to practice what you preach. And I'm a strong believer that giving by faith is a part of living by faith. If you want to live by faith, then you have to be willing to give by faith. Now, when we speak of giving by faith, we are speaking of giving our tithe, our offerings, as well as our time and our talent while trusting and believing that God will provide all that we need. Let me say that again. And I, let me tell you, I purposely chose this Sunday uh, to preach this message. I wanted to do it when we were still virtual. I wanted to do it so I don't have to look into anybody's faces. I don't have to talk to you. You don't have to drop your head. You don't have to uh, be sure. I am speaking to empty pews and a handful of essential workers to get this job done. So if you think I'm talking about you, the answer is you're right. I'm talking about all of us. So I've chose this Sunday on purpose to preach this message. Giving by faith, again, is giving God the tithe that belonged to God. Giving an offering unto God as well as giving our time and our talents to God. When you volunteer for ministry, it is giving by faith. These faithful workers who've been here for the last two years to ensure that we have uh, a quality virtual experience in worship are those who give their time and their talent by faith. And God will remember 
when others have forgotten. Giving by faith is also uh, giving the tithe, the tenth percent that belong to God and offerings uh, as we choose to bless God with. Listen, living by faith is giving by faith. Uh, it has always been a part of genuine service and worship to God. It has always been a part. You cannot separate giving from living. Amen. Giving is living by faith. Some folk say, oh, I'm walking by faith, but you're not a tither. Some folk says, uh, I trust God by faith, but the record will indicate. Listen, I'm not here to shame anyone. That's why I'm preaching to empty pews and virtual audience. Uh, it is you and God. You can't fool God. Purpose is not to impress the pastor. The purpose is, is, is not to impress ministry leaders. But it is you and God. You stand before that mirror every morning. God wakes you up. Every, every dollar you make on your job, it is because God has made it possible for that. Uh, listen, the first faith offering in the Bible is recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 4 verses 3 to verse 5 and I want to share this it involves the offerings of Abel and his brother Cain uh, the children of Adam and Eve Genesis chapter 4 go back and read it verses 3 to 5 that's the first faith offering listen Abel whose offerings was received by God he gave what the book of Genesis described as, listen to this, the best portion of his flock. He was a herdsman. And God, for the first time, these are the descendants of Adam and Eve, God required an offering and a sacrifice. Abel gave God the best portions of, of his flock. He determined in his mind that a good God deserves a good offering. Uh, on the other end, Cain, Abel's brother, whose offering was not accepted by God. Please don't miss this. Uh, why? Because it says Cain gave God, quote, some of his crops. Abel gave God the best portion of what he had. Cain threw something in. He just gave God a little bit, a little piece of what he had. The text says, quote, some of his crops. Now the lesson from Cain and Abel's story is that we should not just give God anything. We should always give him our best. If it's your time, your service, if it's your offerings, we should give God our best. Do not haphazardly do anything for the kingdom. Do not just make God an afterthought. After I pay my bills, 
after I, I buy everything I want, after we go to the movies, after we go on a cruise, after we go to vacation, after we go to Jamaica, I see all of y'all Facebook postings, after we do all of this, after we go on the beach for four or five days, then I might find a way to slip God a dollar or two. You are Cain and not Abel. Because you're not, God wants you to go to Jamaica. God wants you to take every cruise you can afford. God wants you to be blessed, but don't make him an afterthought. Don't go on vacation with God's money. Go with what God has given you that's left over for you. So the story of Cain and Abel was that Abel gave God the best portion of his flock. Cain just gave God some of what he had left over. Listen, the first act of tithing, that was the first act of offering. The first act of tithing was also uh, done or recorded in the book of Genesis. It was done by Abraham, who we know to be the father of faith. Abraham, father of Isaac, uh, the grandfather of uh, Jacob, great-grandfather of Joseph. Uh, Abraham, we're told in Genesis chapter 14, verses 19 and 20, that as he was returning from battle, from a victorious battle, Abraham was met by someone in the Bible by the name of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was priest and king. Uh, Melchizedek met Abraham and he attributed, Melchizedek did, Abraham's victory in battle to the fact that God was on his side. Please don't miss this. Uh, the priest, the king, said to Abraham, you are blessed and highly favored because God is on your side. Melchizedek then, in Genesis chapter 14, he pronounced a special blessing over Abraham and his family. We're then told in verse 20 uh, that Abraham, after he was blessed, please don't miss this, after he was blessed by the priests of God, it says, and I quote, he gave Melchizedek a tithe or a tenth of all. That's what the Bible says. He gave Melchizedek a tenth of all. He tithed to Melchizedek. Now, why is this important, Pastor Jackson? Uh, because uh, to those of you who say tithing was a part of the Old Testament law and it does not apply to us today, this text says you're wrong. Why? Because Abraham preceded the law. This was before Moses was even born. This was before the law was even given. The truth is, Abraham was a tither before the institution of the law. Abraham was a tither even before God spoke 
to Moses. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? I'm saying that tithing has always been a part of God's giving by faith plan. Before the law and after the law. It has always been a part of God's plan to support the kingdom of God. God says, I'll give you 100%. And I would ask that you return unto me a tenth, just a tenth of what I've given you. The reason why I can boldly proclaim that everybody ought to be a tither, because guess what? If you make nothing, you pay nothing. And to those who say to me, I've even had people say to me, Pastor, it's a struggle for me to pay tithe because you don't know how big that check would be. If I pay the tithe, I would have to pay a whole lot of money. I said, that means you're making a lot. That means God has blessed you. I remember a story, Pastor Mac, that our father told us where one of the brothers came to him and said, Bishop Jackson, I have a problem with tithing because it seems like I'm paying too much. And Bishop says, we can solve that right now. He says, how can we solve it, Bishop? He said, let's pray right now that God cuts your pay. Let's pray right now that God cuts your pay in half. He said, no, why do you want to do that? He said, so you can pay less tight. And the guy got it. He says, oh, so the more I'm blessed, that's why I'm paying much. Too much is given, much is required of. I pray to God, I pray to God. Deacon Marlon Walters, that one day I'll be able to walk in here, my brothers are sitting behind me on the band, and I'll be able to write a million dollar tithe check. Now, if I, if I walk in here one day and write a hundred thousand dollar tithe check, that means God has blessed me with a million dollars. If I write a million dollar tithe check, that means that God has blessed me with ten million dollars. I, that will, I will write that check with so much joy. I will, that's why every time I pay my tithe, I do it with joy. Because I know it doesn't have to be this way. It is because God has blessed me. If you are blessed, you are blessed for a reason. Now I've got a message for all of you that are struggling. All of you that think it's hard right now, let's touch and agree that God cuts your pay. You, you, tithe is too much for you to handle, too much for you to pay. You, you don't like paying no thousand dollars in tithe. Well, God can handle that right now. God can cut you to a hundred and you only have to pay ten. But if God has blessed you, then you ought to be able to bless God. Look at the text, if you will. Look at the text. Oh, I'm so glad. I don't even expect hand claps, but I'm so glad that I chose this Sunday. I hope y'all still love me after this because I certainly love you. Listen to this. The reason why we have to teach this is because we love you. It, it is like raising children. You can't always give them the fun stuff to eat. Sometimes you have to make your child sit at the table and eat broccoli. 
and eat spinach and eat those things that may not taste as good to them, but in the long run, it will bless them and make them better. Let us turn to the text, see what it says as it relates to giving by faith. The apostle Paul writes this most profound text to the believers living in Corinth. These New Testament believers, there are three key insights from this passage that we would like to share. Let us read the text first, beginning at verse 6 of 2 Corinthians, verse 9. The text, once again, says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. There are three key insights from these most profound words that I want to share with you today. Number one is this. Paul in verse 6 uses the analogy of a farmer and the concept of sowing and reaping as it relates to giving by faith. From a farmer's perspective, planting seeds is one of the keys to a successful harvest. Listen, there's one way to guarantee you would never have a harvest, and that is if you never plant a seed. A step, one of the steps, one of the early steps in a successful harvest is planting seeds. We know that cultivating the ground is a step that even precedes planting seeds. But no seeds in the ground, no harvest in the field. Can I say that again? And I want you to please listen to me. No seeds in the ground, no harvest in the fields. Don't expect to walk in the fields and reap a harvest if you haven't planted a seed. Listen, I love fresh vegetables. I have a big backyard where I live, but there are no vegetables in my yard. And the reason why is because I don't plant any seeds to harvest vegetables. Some of my dear friends, one of my neighbors, Brother John Richardson, who went, goes to, went to school with me since elementary school, is a dear friend today. He lives on the street behind me. John has a beautiful garden at one of the best gardens I've ever seen. There are people in here, beautiful gardens. When I drive by John's house, I can see him out in the backyard working his garden. See, the difference between what my friend John Richardson can expect in his backyard and what Daryl Jackson can expect 
has everything to do with what we plant. Now, my yard has a lot of pretty flowers because that's what my wife plants. But I can't eat flowers. I can look at them and I can enjoy them. But when I get hungry, I have to knock on John's door. And sometimes John will call me and he say, hey, Darrell, I got some fresh greens. Do you want some? I say, absolutely, yes, thank you. It is because my friend plants seeds in the ground. Can I speak to you this morning? Don't you expect God to open the windows of heaven for you if you've not planted seeds in the ground? Don't you expect your finances to ever get better if you don't plant seeds in the ground? Some of you will always live from paycheck to paycheck. Some of you will always live from hand to mouth. You will always try to beat the bill man and get your payment in before they cut off your lights. Perhaps the reason is you don't plant seeds in the ground. No seed in the ground, no harvest in the fields. That is the first insight that's found in this incredible text is that the planting of seeds is one of the keys to a successful harvest. Second key insight that Paul shares with us is found in verse 7 of the text. Paul in verse 7 shares how our giving by faith should not be done and how it should be done. Our giving must be heartfelt. Uh, the New King James says as he purposes in his heart. So Paul tells us in verse 7, this is how to give, and this is how you should not give. It should, number one, be heartfelt. It should come from your heart. Listen, I told you about my dear friend, John, who always brings me vegetables, or others, even here, Deacon uh, Porter and others who would come and say, Pastor, here are tomatoes and cucumbers. Uh, it means so much to me because it comes from their heart. They, it is heartfelt and I can feel the genuine sincerity in their gift to me. And so your gift to God ought to be heartfelt. It ought to come from your heart. Then next, when giving, we must not give reluctantly or grudgingly or under pressure. Listen, the reason why we don't call out the names of the biggest givers, the reason why we don't have VIP clubs for givers, the reason why we don't have a hall of fame for those who are the highest contributors to this message is that you ought not give to see your name on a wall. You should not give because the pastor calls your name. You should not give because if you're the biggest giver, the pastor takes you out to lunch, or takes you out to dinner, or treats you any differently than he treats others. Our giving must be heartfelt. 
and it cannot be to self-promote ourselves. Your giving ought not be so that others can pat you on the back. Listen, some of the largest contributors to this ministry are some of the names of people that you never heard of. And that's the way they want it. They've said, we don't want any recognition, don't call our name, we're doing it because we love the Lord. You, you it will blow your mind to know some of the gifts that have been given to this ministry from people who I would tell you 99.9% .9 of the members don't even know who they are. Ooh. And I love them for that. They don't even tell me about it. They just put it in an envelope or send it in the mail or send it online because they're giving from their heart. But Paul tells us in verse 7 again, let us read what Paul says in verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And he says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. <laughs> the last part of the second key insight, Paul simply says, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver with joy, <laughs> with enthusiasm. Listen, we all have been the recipients of gifts by others. How would you feel if someone walks in your house to give you a gift and they throw it at you and say, I take this. I don't want to do it, but they're making me do it. And I don't like you anyhow, but take this. <laughs> Amen. That doesn't make you feel good. Think about how God feels when we reluctantly give to when, 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 when folk have to talk it up, when, we have to, when, when, when you have to be shamed in giving to God. Listen, I've had leaders come to me and say, there's some people that are very involved in ministry, and they're not giving anything. Pastor, you need to do something. And I said, you're right. I am going to do something. And I went home that night, and I did something. I prayed for them. I called their names in prayer. I said, Lord, bless them. Let, let them see that they're robbing you and by robbing you, they're robbing themselves of the blessings that you have for them. Our giving must be heartfelt. Our giving must not be given reluctantly or grudgingly. God loves a cheerful giver. And then the third and the final insight is verse 8 of the text. In verse 8 of the text, Paul writes, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Uh, the third insight, Paul shares what we are calling the rewards of giving by faith. The rewards of giving by faith are, number one, God will provide all our needs. 
<laughs> he is a way maker. He is a provider. He's a heart fixer. God will provide all of our needs. David said, I've been young and now I am old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed to beg bread. God will not only provide all of our needs, but God will give us more than enough. In other words, plenty left over. <laughs> These are not Pastor Jackson's words. These are God's words. These are God's words written by the Apostle Paul. He will give us plenty left over. And with that, God expects us to share our blessings with others. God expects us to share our blessing with others. Uh, in other words, we are therefore blessed to be a blessing. That is why God blessed you. That is why God opened doors for you. That is why God has given you much because God expects you to do much. Uh, to much is given, even much more is required of us. Uh, God says, I, I bless you to be a blessing. Listen, I want to end this by sharing that iconic, powerful scripture that's in the book of Malachi. Chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 8 through verse 12. The book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 8 to verse 12. You want to talk about the rewards of God and the expectation of God. Giving by faith is living by faith. If you want to live by faith, then you have to give by faith. Not just your money and your tithe and your offering, but your times and your talents as well. But then the prophet Malachi records these words, this dialogue he has with God. God, God asks these rhetorical questions to the prophet Malachi. God says in verse 8, Will a man rob God? The New King James Version says. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? That's what the nation of Israel asked God. God answers and said, you robbed me in tithe and offerings. But look at what happens. These are the words of the Lord, not the words of Pastor Jackson. That's why I'm reading it verbatim. God says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You will never be blessed. You will never get your act together. You will never get your finances together. You are cursed with their holes in your pockets because you have robbed God. These are God's words. You are cursed with a curse. You are double cursed because you've robbed me. Verse 10, the Lord said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be provisions of food in my house. And then God says, try me now in this or 
prove me now or test me in this. Is there anywhere else in the Bible, Pastor Mac, where God says to us, put me to the test? <laughs> this is it. God says, put me to the test. Try me. Prove me, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and this is what I will do, I will pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. And this is what I will do. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will rebuke the enemy for your sake so that the enemy will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord of hosts and all nations and all people will call you blessed for you are a delightsome land said the Lord of hosts. Somebody will call you blessed. Whew. When you go to work and you get that promotion that you didn't apply for, somebody's going to say, you were just lucky. But I want you to say, I am blessed. Uh, when, when, when God opens doors for you and God blesses your family, God blesses your children and your children's children, it is because you've been blessed by God, giving by faith. It is the blessings of God. I shared this with you today because I love you. Shared this with you today because as a great, uh, uh, as a great God would expect from us, great sacrifices. I want to be obedient to God as your pastor, and I, and I want you to be blessed. Listen, please listen. I don't need to know what you pay. Don't tell me. I don't need to know. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know who the top givers are. I don't need to know any of that. All I need to know is that you are giving God your best. And hear this. When you give God your best, you are VIP. <laughs> uh, even if your best is God, I can only give you $7. I can only give you $1. I, I have nothing to give you but my time and talent. <laughs> you are blessed by God. Don't feel bad because you don't have the amount to give that you desire. Uh, give God your time. Give God your talent, but do not rob God of his tithe. Do not rob God of your offering. Listen, as we prepare to conclude this message, there's a wonderful song produced, written by Vicki Winan. It simply says, Jehovah Jireh, our worship and arts team, Sister Marcia Jackson is coming, but hear the lyrics of the song, Jehovah Jireh my provider you're more than enough for me Jehovah Rapha you are my healer by your stripes I've been set free 
Jehovah Shemara, you are with me to supply all my needs. Someone, wherever you are right now, you ought to lift those hands and say, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. Lord, you're more than enough for me. When we give by faith, we are trusting in the fact that God is more than enough. That God will not let us down. Whew. That there will be food on our tables, clothes on our backs. That God will allow you to send your children to school. God will allow you to enjoy life. For the Bible says, Jesus says that he comes that we may have life and to have life more abundantly. God wants you to take that cruise. God wants you to have that vacation. But don't do it by robbing God. Trust God. He's more than your business will never be successful if you are a spiritual thief. It will not ever be blessed if you don't give God what belongs to God. I share this with you before Marsha comes. And you've heard me say this before. And, and I don't say it. I say it, hopefully it will bless you. But all of my adult life, I've always tried to give by faith as we live by faith. There was a time in my wife and I life, we were so, we were so broke. We had, Marsha, nothing. I had to sell my car to pay my graduate school tuition. I had to borrow my uncle's Volkswagen that was burnt orange with no air condition to load my family in that car and drive back and forth. I passed by some of my college friends and they laughed at me. One of them reminded me, weren't you voted most likely to succeed? And you don't even have a car with air conditioning. But we never robbed God. I told my wife, my wife was working at the bank. I was in graduate school, working part time. But every paycheck we got, every paycheck, we touch and agree and say, this is God's. We cut off our telephone. And in order for us to get a call, we lived next door to our parents. They had to call my dad's house in order for me to come outside to his house to talk on the phone. But God was more than enough. See, you may see the glory that's associated with my life now, but you don't know the story. The story is, I never robbed God. I never withheld anything from God. I had relatives who were not saved. My wife's relatives and others said, y'all are crazy. You have to borrow clothes for your children, and yet you're giving to the rallies at the church and you're giving the church this. See, here's where they were wrong. We weren't given to the church. We were given to the Lord. 
And so God turned the table. God started blessing. And God opened up the windows of heaven. And when you see me now, listen, I'm proud to be a shining example of giving by faith. I'm proud to live where I live, to drive what I drive, to do what I'm doing. Why? Because I've always trust God. And when you see the blessings that God has blessed me with, I want you to know that God is no respected person. If God can do it for my wife and I and our family. God can certainly do it for you. Why? Because he is our Jehovah, our Jehovah Jireh. Marsha Jackson, praise and worship team, right now. Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In verse 8, Paul writes, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Giving by faith. I trust that verse. <laughs> I hold God accountable to that verse. That I believe that God will provide all that I need. There are numbers on the screen right now. Listen, you can't give by faith if you don't live by faith. You, do, you can't live by faith if you've not accepted the Lord as your Savior by faith. I will confess that this is not easily done. What, what I've discovered in my 25 years of pastoring and living, in, in my work in and out of the community, that some of the most successful people in this country give the least amount. Some of the most faithful givers are those that don't have much. Ooh, but they give God what they have. Do not be fooled by all of the blame. Don't be fooled by all of the titles. Don't be fooled by all of the positions. That's why I've never made a big deal about who's members of the congregation and what their jobs are and what their titles are. We don't get into that. Because it did not say that God loves a rich giver. It says God loves a cheerful giver. Ooh, that widow who gave her might, it was the best offering in the Bible. The best offering in the Bible was from a widow woman who only gave a little because she did not have much. Whatever God has blessed you with, it comes from God. Give your time, give your talent, give your tithe, give your offering, and watch God become more than enough for you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you, we bless you. God, I have fulfilled my assignment for this day. I've done what you've asked me to do. I've preached it in the manner in which you've asked me to share it. Did not do it with any judgmental spirit. Lord, I tried to do it with love and compassion to remind all of us that we all have an obligation to not just live by faith, but to give by faith. God, you've made us some promises that you will open the windows of heaven, pour us out blessings. Lord, I thank you 
And listen, even if our blessings aren't like what other blessings are, I thank you for whatever blessings you bless us with. <laughs> I thank you for waking us up this morning. That's a blessing. So many people die in their sleeps. But I thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you have blessed us with. Help us to be faithful givers. Help us not to give reluctantly, not to give because of having publicity bestowed upon us. Help us to give because you've given so much to us. I thank you for how you've blessed this ministry. I thank you because it was in 1963 when 13 people moved on Bluff Road, did not have much. Like I was told, between 13 people, families, only two or three cars. Thank you for that storefront little red church with plastic on the windows, a pot belly stove to keep us warm. But I thank you for those who not only lived by faith, but they gave by faith. And the reason we're here today on Atlas Road is because these pioneers of faith trust you by faith. Help us, Lord, to pass on that legacy to the next generation. Help me to live as an example. Help me to always practice what I preach, to be the first partakers of what you've asked others to do. And I know, Lord, if we do that, then you will bless us in a special way. This is our prayer for this special message on this special day. And we say thank you. You're more than enough. Come on, tell him. Call that number on the screen. You are more. Do you believe he's more? softly play I want to thank you for your vision offering thank you for trusting God we we asked over a year ago January of 2021 that we set aside a dollar a day seven dollars to sow into the vision and there were seven projects that we shared with you earlier. One of those projects has already begun. They've started removing trees and we've got some visuals for you. This is the land being cleared right next to Congaree Point. Amen. You will see excavation is being done 
for workforce apartments, which we will, our goal is to help work with developers to provide affordable housing for first time respondents, for young school teachers, for any other person who's looking for a place to stay, amen. We are so proud uh, to even partner with someone to do this. And it's not because we're making any money off of it. Because these apartments, they're not bringing resources to Bible Way. They're bringing resources to the community. If you ride down Atlas Road, right after you turn off Bluff Road, you will see that the land is being cleared right now. In a couple of weeks, a couple of months, uh, you will see our senior project, Havens at Congaree Point. It will start development. Hopefully, we will shortly renovate our wellness center so that that will be open as it has always been to the public. Our children's and youth zone. It is all because you trust God with your vision offering. That's a picture of the children's and youth zone. We've already placed a sign on the lot in which we're going to develop that. We're praying now that God gives us wisdom as, as we come up with a method in which all of this is going to happen. I said that, I showed those visuals, and I'm taking a little time this morning to say thank you. Thank you for your $7. $1 a day. Imagine with me if 2,000 people sold a dollar a day. What that can do for the kingdom. I just want to let you know that 100% of everything in the vision offering goes for these projects. None of it goes for operation. None of it goes to pay the light bill. None of it goes to pay salaries. None of that happens. And just for the record, someone told me, perhaps I should point that out, that when I stand and preach about tithing and offering, it's not because I'm standing to benefit more. As a pastor, I don't get anything more when you give more. Amen. Uh, I live off of a salary. Uh, I get a W-2 at the end of every year, just like every other employee. I don't get a percentage of the offerings or the tithe. Amen. Why? Because I, like everyone else, want to live by faith. And so sow into that vision offering. Sow into that and when you sow into that, you will help us do. We are hoping and praying. Listen, the bank has already said they will gladly lend us the money to do some of these projects. But we're hoping and praying we don't have to use their money. We're hoping and praying that what God gives us through you is more than enough. And so I say thank you. Sow that seed right now and watch God bless you. As we prepare for the benediction, come on worship team join us on Tuesday night as we continue uh, the study of the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews.
Amen. Join us this Tuesday night. We're going to talk about the faith of Jacob. We're going to talk about the faith of Jacob. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 21. Join us. Amen. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being a part of this worship service. Thank you for trusting God. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you for those who have trust you by faith. Thank you for those that are living by faith and giving by faith. God, I pray that we as a ministry here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road can be an example of humility and trusting in God. God, bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Let us be that shining light so that when others see what is happening on Atlas Road, they will not glorify Pastor Jackson, they will not glorify the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, but they will give you the glory. They will say if God can do it for them, God can do it for us. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. And everyone that is under the sound of my voice said amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Can't wait to see you next Sunday live here in church. God bless you. Bibleway Church of Atlas Road, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bibleway Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's B-W-C-A-R.